Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Welcome, my friends, to part three of this three-part series about pelvic pain. And if you've missed the first two in this series, don't worry about it. You can catch them later if you're interested. I love this topic because even if you don't experience pelvic pain yourself, you might know someone in your life who does, who could really benefit from this information. And I honestly think that all of us could benefit from just tuning into our bodies, you know, taking care of ourselves, focusing on releasing, letting go, relaxing tension, which is huge in this topic of pelvic pain. And in this particular part of our series, it's actually about pleasure, which is vitamin P. It's an untapped resource that a lot of us, um, you know, don't, don't really focus on. And what I'm going to be exploring today with Nicole Guapone, and it's a long interview, so just prepare yourself, but I'm going to be exploring pleasure and using toys and products to help with pleasure, whether we are experiencing pain or not. So I hope that you'll have an open mind and enjoy this interview. We keep it really respectful, really clean, even though it is a topic that maybe some people might feel a little bit uncomfortable exploring. But I I encourage you to maybe listen with headphones on and just, um, like I said, tune in with an open mind and stay all the way till the end. And if you want to catch the show and tell that I refer to at the end, then I encourage you to please go to the show notes and catch the YouTube version of this interview because I actually cut out the show and to- show and tell here in the podcast because it just didn't really make sense since Nicole actually shows several of the products. So I will put a timestamp to where you can actually catch the show and tell in the YouTube video version of this interview. So without further ado, please uh, enjoy this show, enjoy this podcast, and thanks for listening to this series on pelvic pain. Catch the show notes for more details and keep listening. Hello, my friends. I have a really, really fantastic interview today with Nicole Guapone. And Nicole is going to talk to us about pelvic pain. And we're really going to be talking actually about products and sex toys that can help during and also after recovery from pain. But this is not just about pelvic pain. We're even going to really be exploring and normalizing the idea of using some of these products for anybody who might be interested. So Nicole, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I just want to um, go ahead and share your little brief little bio. I'm just going to say a sentence or two, but really I want Nicole, I want you to tell us more about your story. But Nicole is a freelance writer. She's based in Chicago. She's been published by Rolling Stone, Glamour, Allure, The Establishment, and more. And much of her writing and research does focus on sexual health, kink, and pleasure products, and specifically from a pelvic pain perspective. So that's really where I wanted to kick us off is, Mm -hmm. Nicole, will you tell us more about kind of your personal journey with pelvic pain and why you really started focusing on this area specifically? 
Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I first experienced some pelvic pain several years ago. I was in my um, mid-20s. Um, I had been diagnosed with my first yeast infection after taking antibiotics. Um, and it was kind of after that, I was still, um, even when, you know, the infection was gone, I was still um, experiencing uh, painful sex. And doctors couldn't tell me why. Um, I eventually ended up traveling a few hours to see uh, a gynecologist at a women's health um, hospital. And that's when she basically, I, I tested negative. I um, had an exam. She, she pretty much said that everything looked fine, but um, the tension, it might be basically leftover tension because we know when, when we're experiencing pain and we're anticipating that pain, especially if we try to have penetrative sex with pain, that's kind of, that's going to come back um, in the future, even if, you know, technically we're physically healthy. Um, and it was kind of after she told me that and that if I didn't get any better, that pelvic floor physical therapy was an option. Um, it kind of went away, honestly, because I had someone believe me, first of all, that I was experiencing this pain. She gave me an answer and concrete, like, if, if this keeps happening, this is, these are the next steps. Um, so that was kind of like, I, I pretty much recovered. And then several years later, um, I ended up with a couple of more infections. I was diagnosed with UTIs. Um, was on three rounds of antibiotics, which I can say um, that experience alone, I'm pretty sure did a number on my pelvic floor because of all of the stomach issues and intestinal issues that antibiotics can give us. Um, and I was, but I was still experiencing um, UTI um, symptoms like uh, pain with urination, um, feeling like I had to pee and not being able to um, painful sex was one of the worst um, symptoms I was having, and I saw a urogynecologist in Chicago um, back when I had my first experience. I was living in Pennsylvania, um, and then I was I was recommended a pelvic floor physical therapist. I saw an amazing one. I really loved her. I, I saw her for twelve weeks the first time, and. Um, yeah, kind of since then, I've, I've been back twice, kind of for tune-ups. Um, yeah. Most recently, I went a couple of weeks ago, actually, because I've just started um, uh, adding more cardio and strength exercises, strengthening to my exercises. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything right and, you know, not going to cause any flare-ups or anything that, that would cause more issues. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a brief several year synopsis. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. And I love, I actually want to highlight, it's off topic, but I want to highlight the wonderfulness about you going to your physical therapist for a tune-up. I think we, we don't even <laughs> think twice about going to our dentist for yeah. a, an exam every six months or a year, whatever it may be. But mm -hmm. we would never even think about going to a physical therapist. Many people would never right. even think about going to a pelvic floor physical therapist. But this is like one of the most important places of real estate on our body. And totally. why aren't we going for tune-ups more often, especially if you've had issues in the past? So mm -hmm. I'm thrilled that you've, 
you know, moved through the issues and that you're still taking care of yourself in that regard though. So yeah, it's yeah. so um, very actively, um, taking care of my pelvic floor because I still do experience pain on and off. It isn't the chronic pain that like I had aching thighs and standing and sitting for long periods of time hurt initially. Um, so I don't have that kind of chronic pain anymore, but I have the on and off. Um, you know, I always have to calm my nerves and, you know, make sure I have time if I want to, be intimate or have sex um, because that is the, the pain that has still kind of lingered. Um, so it sounds like yeah. you're able to catch the kind of early warning signs before it gets into that cycle where things have gone to that point where you're just titled. Yeah, I've, I've always been um, really interested in research. I mean, I was an English major in college. I'm a writer. I got my MFA um, a few years ago. And so if someone can't give me answers, like those first couple of gynecologists I saw, like I want to read as much as I can and absorb as much information as I can. Also knowing that the internet isn't necessarily the best place to go for a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, but at least, you know, when I saw that urogynecologist years later, I knew what interstitial cystitis was because she thought I might have it. Um, and I knew that pelvic floor physical therapy was a thing. Um, so yeah, even just kind of Doing so much research and learning so much has also helped me in addition to seeing professionals, obviously, really um, it's helped me stay in touch with my body and recognizing when something feels a little off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love also that, you know, <clears throat> I've been talking about this on my podcast and I've talked about this in my book in various places, but about how when people have like interstitial cystitis, for example, they have bladder pain, mm -hmm. it's going to affect their pelvic floor and the hip muscles and all of the muscles. It's not just a bladder issue. It's an issue of that whole area. And if people have, let's say endometriosis or some other type of, of issue and pain in another area of the body, like a specific organ of the body, it doesn't mm -hmm. just affect that organ. And you referred to it, especially with the antibiotics you were taking that affected your gut which then yeah. affected the pelvic floor and the muscles yeah. of the hips and pelvic girdle. So, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today is some products that you have to help release those muscles because it is all connected. You can't just isolate and treat the bladder or just isolate and treat the guts or just isolate and treat, you know, a UTI or a yeast infection. Mm -hmm. You have to really look at all of it. So, can you tell us about some of these products that have helped you through pelvic pain yeah. and that people might want to explore and experience? Yeah, for sure. So um, actually right before I went uh, to physical therapy the, for the first time, I had just started reviewing sex toys um, because I had been writing about sexual health um, and sex for a while. Um, and I kind of, I guess when you, publish a story in Rolling Stone about the history of feminist sex toy stores, people start wanting to send you sex toys. Um, and so that's kind of where the um, reviewing came from. And I have published reviews in a Chicago-based magazine. Um, so, you know, it was kind of like I was experiencing this pain right when my career was almost like exciting things were happening. Um, and so what 
ended up happening was I was able to, what I didn't expect, focus my my research and my writing a lot more on pelvic pain because that's what I was experiencing. And I realized that there wasn't a lot of reviews out there. There wasn't a lot of sex writing out there about this. Um, I had spent years, I was always a fan of sex blogs that had uh, reviews, toy reviews. Um, and most of those people didn't cover this kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and so I was really lucky to um, be offered some things for review, some dilators I really ended up loving, which I still use. And my um, the most recent physical therapist I saw still recommended using every once in a while. Um, my body changed a lot, so I was able to try some different toys, um, whereas in the past I really liked stronger. You know, the Hitachi Magic Wand is sort of the, um, you know, the main... Uh, the gold standard. <laughs> yeah, the gold standard, um, which I used to love. It became it was way too powerful for me when I was experiencing pain. I became really sensitive externally as well. Um, so I ended up trying things that I maybe wouldn't have tried before. Um, and so my definition and experience of pleasure actually ended up expanding, which was really unexpected. Um, so even though I was dealing with this pain and it was it takes a toll on the body and the emotions and mental state. Um, I was still able to sort of experiment and find new things um, that worked for me. Okay, this is so amazing. And I just have to stop you here because I'm realizing that as we dove into this topic, I probably should have prefaced and, and we should probably just put it out there that this is an uncomfortable topic for some folks. And so yeah. just kudos to anyone who's still listening and and watching and exploring this with us because I know that the topic of sex in general is still really taboo and especially, or maybe not especially, but also sex mm -hmm. toys and products and things mm -hmm. like that. And I know you're really sensitive to that too, Nicole, as far as like, yeah. this is part of your writing is about yeah. breaking the taboo. And so I just kind of want to, anything you want to share about that, mm -hmm topic and also just the topic that you briefly touched on as well as mm -hmm. there's different types of pleasure and you've expanded your pleasure repertoire like yeah this is this is huge we could talk for hours on probably right, I know. subjects <laughs> but please dive in and, and where would you where would you comfort someone who's maybe listening and feeling a little bit squeamish about this topic yeah. but they're curious but right. they're certain yeah, so I think one of the, when I was even just taking notes for this, one of the things that I wrote down that I think is the most important is that you, it's important for us to be comfortable with our bodies anyway. Um, and when you're experiencing pelvic pain, I think it's even more important, especially if, you know, you have a partner or someone that you, you plan on or want to or uh, are are planning on getting intimate with um, because if we don't know our own bodies especially when we're experiencing pain we can't guide anyone else um, when it comes to you know our own pleasure um, and yeah so it's kind of the it's kind of expected when we're talking about um, sex period that what's become normalized or kind of the default is a heterosexual relationship and penis and vagina sex. Um, but that's so little, not 
because because not only does talking about it or kind of that being the default do a disservice to um, same-sex couples and and queer couples but it also I think does a disservice to even heterosexual couples because that's kind of where the expansion of pleasure can come in like there's so much more to pleasure and to sex than just this one specific thing that we've come to expect or assume to be the default even in you know, romantic comedies and TV shows, you know, if someone's getting intimate on TV, we can probably um, assume the kind of sex that they had. Um, And so that's why even when I was experiencing pain, um, I discovered or kind of came back to um, even hand sex was something like just using your hands. That's a form of sex. Kissing can be sex. Anything that you want to define as sex or intimacy for yourself is completely acceptable. You know, only you can define what it is for you. Um, And, you know, sometimes I didn't even want to take my underwear off when I would have sex with my partner because, you know, I was in pain. He didn't have to worry about hurting me and I didn't have to worry about like accidentally being hurt if I was, this was particularly when I was experiencing external pain. So you don't even have to be naked to have sex. So um, I have to ask you, what would be your definition of, of sex? Is it basically more of an experience of intimacy with a partner or with yourself? Or Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Um, and, and orgasm isn't required either. Yeah. Um, that's also another one of the goals usually. And I don't like, I've I've come to not like goal oriented sex. Um, yeah, it's any kind of intimate experience that you can have with yourself or with your partner with the, with the only goal, maybe we can say being pleasure, whether that's physical pleasure or sexual pleasure, really any kind of pleasure. I know that to say, no, I think that's beautiful, Nicole. And I feel like that takes a big load off a big load of pressure Mm -hmm. off. It makes me even feel, and I'm, I'm lucky I don't suffer from pelvic pain right now in Mm -hmm. my life, but what a big sigh of relief to be like, Oh, it doesn't have to be some goal, some magical outcome. A lot of people still feel so much pressure, whether they have pain or not to have yeah. an orgasm or to give their partner an orgasm or whatever this, yeah. like you're saying, this goal oriented sex is a really heavy thing. It really is. And especially um, because I, I also work in Chicago's um, feminist tech sex toy store called early to bed. And, you know, when people would come in there with, saying something like, um, it takes my partner a really long time to orgasm, what can I use to help? Um, Or my partner has a hard time, has a difficult time holding an erection, what can we use to help? It's so hard to to respond to that sometimes because people come into the store with an idea of what their goal is. And I've, I've had customers who are really frustrated when I told them that like, there's no magic toy or magic product that is going to 100% give you an orgasm. And that also kind of just really bums me out sometimes when I see how disappointed some people are when they hear things like that. Um, Especially if they've been sent to our store by a doctor who said this store will be able to help you find XYZ. Like that happened to me once before. And I just wanted to know who this doctor was. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> because while, yeah, a lot of physical therapists and, and doctors and gynecologists do send their patients to us, um, because we're so focused on education and normalizing things and, and wanting everyone to be comfortable when they come into our doors, um, yeah, sometimes even even they don't realize that there aren't magic yeah. toys. <laughs> yeah, and that there doesn't have to be that that ultimate goal in mind. I love that this expansion of the idea of pleasure. And so what specifically, um, can you talk a little bit about as somebody is exploring mm -hmm. sex toys, whether it's for pelvic pain or not, but let's actually focus a little more on people with pelvic pain. Um, what would be a good starting place? And I'd love to even explore lube as well mm -hmm. as yeah. toys. Yeah, of course. Um, so if someone comes in, and this is usually how I think about this, is what, what would I do if someone came into the store and you know was asking, said this was their first toy. Um, most people, you know, not always, but especially if they're kind of nervous, we usually suggest something smaller. Um, the kind of classic, um, it's called a bullet vibe. It's about, well, there will be a video, but it's a few inches long and, um, it kind of looks like a little, I don't have one with me. It looks like a little tube kind of, it looks like a bullet. So we call it a, a bullet vibe. Um, and they can have one speed, they can have three speeds. Um, now they make rechargeable ones that, you know, have multiple patterns and speeds. Um, but usually something small like that is kind of, um, is not super scary to try to try out. It's kind of um, approachable. Um, and that would be for more for exploring pleasure rather than pain, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, for external mm -hmm. um, external stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, if someone has pain and is interested in a toy, um, the same thing. I mean. So that, that doesn't mean that someone with pain can't also find pleasure in that kind of yeah. toy. Um, but if someone comes in and, you know, wants to maybe work up to penetrative sex, um, we would usually, I would usually recommend either a set of dilators or even just, you know, we have separate sections. We have like the pelvic health section in our store and then we have this giant table full of dildos. And for some people, um, they, they want a distinct line between the more clinical um, things they're experiencing and fun and sex. Um, and some people don't like that. They, want, they, they don't want to medicalize what they're experiencing. They want toys to help them work through their pain. Um, so that kind of, like, yeah, so it also depends on what, how you feel when it comes to that sort of thing. And like for me, I, it depended on the day for me. Sometimes I really just wanted to focus on dilating and just um, kind of doing my exercises and my pelvic floor stretches and that's it. And sometimes I was like, you know, I, I don't really feel like setting this up and my dilators as though I'm, you know, in a doctor's office. I just kind of want to relax a little and have fun. So um, and even dilators, no matter what it is, they're, they're usually, you can usually have fun with, with any tool or toy somehow. Yeah. 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 And that's a really interesting, um, topic for me because even as a professional in the field of pelvic health, I remember 
back when I was working clinically and working with, with patients, mm-hmm. it was sort of like a fine line because really they're the same thing. A dilator is basically a more medicalized dildo right. with yeah. different, with different, usually with different sizes in a set. So mm-hmm. people can work up to bigger, um, sizes, yeah. but it's, I feel almost, um, ignorant asking this question of you, but it, it's really the same thing, isn't it? I mean, somebody it, could get similar yeah. results from using a, a toy I'm saying in air quotes or a dildo mm-hmm. versus yeah. a dilator, as long as you're maybe working up to bigger sizes. For sure. There are, we even sell specifically like on the dildo table, there's a set of three that are different sizes. Okay. Um, The the biggest difference is, which is kind of changing, is is usually dilators don't have much of a curve and they might be a little firmer. Um, But for the most part, yeah, it's the the same thing and it's the same idea um, because even someone who doesn't have pelvic pain, um, if they want to work up to larger sizes or larger toys or if they have a partner who's um, larger than average, then that they can use, yeah, they can use these too. I love that. And so people can feel comfortable going into a store like yours um, that sells more toys and more novelty things and fun Mm -hmm. things. Or if they don't feel comfortable with that, they can also go to maybe more of a medical, like I I have a link on my website to a um, CMT medical. It's a medical supply online Mm -hmm. store and it has sets of dilators and it has things that are more medicalized. So Mm -hmm. people can feel super, super comfortable going to whatever they resonate with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I want to know about materials. So let's Mm -hmm. kind of talk more about dilators specifically versus dildos in this point, but what, what type of different materials are there for dilator sets? Yeah. So, um, most of them are hundred percent silicone, um, which is also what it's the most body safe sex toy material. One of, um, and uh, medical products are made out of silicone, you know, uh, cooking utensils are made out of silicone. It's this, so it's this really great, um, just material that can be used in so many different ways. And I mean, if you're cooking with a piece of silicone, then, you know, it's also safe for, there, there's like medical grade and food grade, yeah. but, but it's, it's body safe. Um, so if, yeah, if you're comfortable cooking your food with silicone, there's no reason why you shouldn't be also comfortable having a toy or a product made out of silicone. There, so that's for the most part um, silicone. There's also uh, dilators sometimes made out of plastic, ABS plastic, which is also um, can be completely sanitized. That's the one thing about silicone is you can boil silicone for a few minutes to completely antibacterialize it. Um, you obviously can't boil plastic, um, but it can be completely cleaned with um, soap and water. Um, same with uh, glass. There are toys and dilators made out of glass um, or even stainless steel. Um, and I really recommend always looking for something out of one of those materials because the sex toy industry actually isn't regulated. So these like the Walmarts of sex toy manufacturers are allowed to put whatever they want in their toys and they don't have to put that on the label. Um, so there might be some silicone in it, but the box says silicone. So you kind of assume that you're getting 100% silicone because why would you assume that? Um, but 
a lot of these products can be porous, so it, they're hard to clean. Um, bacteria can grow within them. Um, so yeah, you, you want to be really careful in making sure that you know you're getting 100% silicone. Um, how do you choose a good brand? If you're obviously like glass or stainless steel, you'd probably know what you were getting. Yeah. But for something like a, sil a silicone or the, a yeah. did you say ABS or what kind of plastic was that? A it's called ABS plastic. It's just a really, it's just a hard plastic. Okay. So if it was something like that, that seemed more like plastic or silicone, how would you know? How do you know what to look for? That's kind of why it's it's great to, if you don't have a, a reputable store in your, you know, not everyone lives in the middle of a big city. Yeah. Um, stores like this also have websites. Um, there are on online retailers that are really committed to um, body safe materials. So yeah, you if you come across a store that bills themselves as feminist, um, as sex positive, um, if they use terms like body safe, then chances are they're, they're using that language because they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, whereas things like, you know, the lion's den off of Route 104 in the middle of nowhere doesn't necessarily use phrases like body safe and, and feminist. Um, yeah. That reminds me, it's yeah. like the... Um like the, the $2 bottle of uh, frankincense essential oil that you find right. at the gas station <laughs> or at the big box store. It's not yeah. frankincense essential oil. Right. <laughs> if it's $2 right. in a, you know, 15 milliliter bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That and one great thing too is that there are more companies. There, silicone used to be a more expensive material to purchase. And there are companies now that, you know, prices range from, we have vibrators that start at $8 and they go up to $200. We have dildos that start at $15 for 100% silicone and or they, you know, go up to $100. Um, so it's really toys um, are more accessible, safe toys are more accessible now than, than they used to be for sure. That's great. That's good. So would you recommend for someone dealing with pelvic pain mm -hmm. um, and tension specifically, wanting to rele release the muscles, relax the muscles? We've talked about dildos, is there, or excuse me, well, dildos and dilators. Is mm -hmm. there anything else that you would recommend as a really great product someone might want to look into? Yeah. So kind of depending on what your pain is, um, there's this product called the O-Nut. Um, which is, it's a, it's a stack of squishy rings. They, they're interlocking, but it comes in a set of four and you can, as many as you need, you put them at the base of a penis or dildo or dilator and it creates sort of, a, um, it, it helps you control the depth of penetration. So if you experience deeper pain, um, with penetration, then you can use this little sort of bumper looking pad at the base of whatever it is you're using. And, you know, that'll um, control penetration up to maybe three inches instead of five. Um, so it's, that, a, it's basically a spacer, isn't it? It's like a little yeah. spacer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, was, is a, really great um, little thing to have. It, it did help me um, a lot, but not even, like I didn't always experience um, 
deeper pain, but just having that in the mix kind of helped me relax because I, I knew that it was, it was just, yeah, it just, it helped me relax and that in turn helped the rest of me relax. Well, I think, I think the nice thing about that is it provides you with another element of control where you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about it accidentally being too deep right. and catching you unawares. So I think that's an amazing tool. I actually recently saw a video of this O-Nut product. Mm -hmm. I think I'm thinking of the right thing. And it was, I believe, designed by a woman who experienced mm -hmm. pelvic pain herself. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, it was on Kickstarter originally. I, I backed it on Kickstarter. Um, yeah, and that's another thing too. I'm, I've noticed that a lot of my favorite products are, have been created by women who were experiencing some kind of pain that no one could or wanted to or was able to help them with. Um, and, and so on one hand, that's nice, but on the other hand, we shouldn't have to create our own medical products. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, I mean, hopefully I do feel that the conversation of, of pelvic pain is becoming so much more out in the open. And I think that it will be become more mainstream over time that people are, are talking about this and offering yeah. products. Um, one product I wanted to specifically ask about was a mm -hmm. wand. Like, yeah for example, like TheraWand or some, something like that, a tool to help people with trigger point release? Yeah. Do you have so, any recommendations? Yeah, so there, um, I've personally, and maybe surprisingly not, I, I never used one for myself. I was taught, uh, it can be a little hard to reach, but I was just taught um, trigger point release with my fingers. Yeah. Um, there are, um, there's one called the Crystal Wand, um, that's a, an acrylic material, so it's kind of like it has that plasticky feel. Um, and yeah, they, they can be great. That's, that was created specifically for um, trigger point release. But um, same with dilators versus dildos. There are also other um, types of toys that can be used for um, pelvic pain that other people use, you know, only as as sex toys. Um, uh, stainless steel is a great material. There's a brand called Enjoy. It's spelled N-J-O-Y. Um, and they make um, really nice medical grade stainless steel toys um, that can be used for, for trigger point release. Um, yeah, it kind of depends on what you're comfortable with. Those stainless steel is also heavier. So if you are unable to like hold something that's a couple of pounds for an extended amount of time that might be um, not the right choice for you. But yeah, even um, now there are more and more, I don't have it with me, but there there's a, a new toy came out recently that um, has a, a steel rod in it so it can be bent um, mm -hmm. and kind of molded to however it's like you can, um, yeah, create whatever shape you want with this toy, which I think would could be a great option for um, also using it for trigger point release because you can mold it yourself into whatever, you know, wherever you're trying to reach. Um, yeah. That's amazing. There's so many options now. And how do you advise people who ask you who are trying to do some trigger point release work or even dilator therapy work? Mm -hmm. How do you advise? I'm sure people have also, of course, they talk to their physical therapist or yeah. their healthcare provider, but do you have instructions that you like to give to people? Yeah, so I frequently recommend um, 
it kind of, you know what, it kind of depends on your lube, honestly, yeah. which I know you mentioned oh, yeah. a little bit ago. Yes, there's um, so much to talk about. I love that. Yeah. Um, so one, so there are, you've got your, your three main types of lube, water-based, um, silicone, and oil-based. Um, water-based, I like to recommend is kind of your all-purpose. Um, it can be used with toys. It's condom safe. It's uh, safe for um, vaginal sex, anal sex. You know, there there are some ingredients like a glycerin-free specifically. I recommend looking for um, glycerin is an ingredient commonly found in like drugstore lubes. Um, it's a cheap preservative um, that can then that can affect uh, people with sensitive skin um, sensitive vaginas some people think that it can lead to yeast infections because it's a type of sugar so finding like glycerin free paraben free uh, water-based loops there are so many different kinds though whether you want something thinner or thicker like a gel um, Silicone lube is actually really wonderful for people who are sensitive, and it's commonly um, recommended for people with pelvic pain, um, which is the, the one thing is that it can't be used with silicone toys um, because silicone binds to itself. So if you use a silicone lube, which is a liquid with a silicone toy, it kind of creates a tacky sort of um, texture on Toy, which doesn't make the toy unsafe, just kind of makes it sticky and maybe uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not like a dangerous sort of reaction or anything like that at all, but um, it can degrade the, the toy. Um, and then oil-based lube is can be totally fine. It's not condom safe. It will break down latex, um, so we don't recommend using that with condoms. Um, I love silicone lube, and because the body doesn't absorb silicone, um, it doesn't dry out, so it can be used. You know, it's great, um, you know, in the shower, for example, um, if you don't want to have to reapply it, um, because water-based lube tends to dry out and become sticky um, with you, so you might have to reapply it. Um, so if you want to use silicone lube, or if that's your favorite, I would always recommend uh, glass or plastic dilators. Okay. Um, whereas if, you know, you want something more all-purpose, um, a silicone dilator, I think is great. I love that they can be boiled. I say that all the time. Um, and then, you know, with your water-based lube, you can feel comfortable using it. Can you use an, you can use an oil-based lube as well with a silicone dilator. You can, you can use an oil-based lube with silicone. Yeah, there is a myth that, that that's incompatible, but it is, um, it is totally safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, um, really quickly before we talk about kind of how you advise people to do trigger point work and stuff, what about vaginal moisturizers? Are you familiar with that type yeah. of? Not very many. We, we, there's one in particular, um, Sliquid is a brand of lube that it's one of our favorites. We recommend it to a lot of people, um, with sensitive bodies. Um, if you're looking for a water-based lube, they make one called satin. It's called Sliquid Satin and it can be used as lube, um, or it can be used as some, a little extra oomph yeah. during the day. Yeah. Um, that dryness can be really, really uncomfortable for folks. Yeah. And so uh, I'm just, I'm curious as to if that a vaginal moisturizer could be helpful 
for trigger point work or for working with the toys in a therapeutic purpose or more of a, of a separate thing altogether. So I would, um, check the ingredients, see what the bottle says. This one in particular that I'm talking about can be used for both. Um, I don't know that every moisturizer out there can also be used yeah. or would be recommended as, as a lube. But yeah, definitely it can be helpful um, for trigger point therapy if you're using dilators. Um, I also honestly just really like silicone lube. Um, if I, like, sometimes I'll just get a little, maybe a dry patch of skin, depending on the time of the month, because things change during our cycle. Every once in a while, I'll just end up with a, a, a very small patch of externally dry skin, and I'll put some silicone lube on it, because, again, the body doesn't absorb it, and it kind of just um, eases friction. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's even an option, too, um, if you have some external um, dryness. Yeah. Um, and don't, you know, if you already have silicone lube and don't want to go buy a, yet another bottle of something, it can also be used for that as well. Yeah. This is so fantastic. We're learning so much here. What, so again, how, how would you advise someone who is, maybe they um, just want to try dilator therapy. They know that this would help them to stretch yeah. and work up toward penetrative intercourse again. How yeah. would you advise someone who maybe hasn't seen a physical therapist? Of course, we want to encourage people to see a PT. Yeah. We want to encourage that a thousand percent. Yeah. But for anybody who's just curious or maybe their physical therapist hasn't given great instructions. Right. Um, and I'll say too that I'm also not a medical professional. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is all my personal experience and research and working where I do. But I, if someone is interested in working with, with dilators, um, yeah, I would recommend finding one that. Um, it has to be appealing. This is kind of where the, um, and I know that sounds kind of like silly maybe, but if you're, you, you don't want to use something that is like dilators come in all colors now, for example. So if, if your eye is drawn to something just for that reason, that's okay. Yeah. Um, usually we, I like to recommend, you know, if, if you're looking at two things and you think, well, this is kind of, this would probably be better. Like this is the one I should want, but I I really like this one. Go with the one that you really like, because if you're excited about it, then, then that's even better. Um, I mean, if it's your first time, I, I recommend this goes for anything, especially sex, being intimate with yourself or someone else is time. Um, make sure you have time. You don't want to feel rushed when you're doing this. And I know that is, it can be a challenge to get any sort of intimate time with yourself or someone else during a busy day. It's even harder. Like I I will say it's even harder if you experience pelvic pain because you want even more time. You want extra cushion. Um, because if you feel rushed, if you feel, um, yeah, if you feel rushed, you're going to feel tense. Um, so, I mean, basically you just lie back, put your lube of choice on whatever dilator, maybe start with the smallest if you don't know, you know, what size you might be comfortable with, um, insert it and just kind of see how it feels. 
Um, my most recent physical therapist really recommended moving around with it if it's comfortable, because especially if your, your goal is to work up to penetrative sex, you're not, probably, you're not just going to be like lying there still. Yeah. Um, she talked about it as like really use, functionally using these dilators. So like move around a little bit, even if you're just like moving one of your knees up and down or like spread your legs and, and bring them together kind of like a butterfly mm -hmm. position and kind of see how it feels. Um, because yeah, you're, the, the goal is to be able to, to, to do more. Um, and, and yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if, what you're using feels comfortable, maybe work up to the next one. And it can be a slow process and that's okay. Some, you know, it might take uh, several times, a couple of weeks, whatever, to move up to the next size. Um, and you don't even have to reach, like you don't have to aim for the biggest size. It's whatever you personally want. Um, a lot of dilators, like the largest size that come in a package, like I don't even know why they're so big. <laughs> I know, I'm with you. I'm, some of those large sizes I'm thinking, my goodness, I don't know. Yeah. And that's something to, to reach for, I guess. But if you want to do that, that's totally cool. But, um, but yeah, also don't feel obligated or required to reach yeah. for that if you don't want to. Yeah. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah, and I also want to mention, I, I forgot with lube, um, one of my favorites is CBD. CBD um, lube. CBD lube, mm. which I was very skeptical of it um, because I'm one of those people who is, like, I'm not convinced that just because something has this particular ingredient in it that it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, so I was really skeptical, um, but I had the chance to try it. It's, um, it was just a water-based lube with CBD in it, um, which is the, the part of cannabis that doesn't get you high. It's like the relax and the part that can relax you. Yeah. So CBD can act as an anti-inflammatory. Um, so, and it can also promote relaxation in the muscles. Um, this isn't going to work for everyone. Probably it's one of those things like anything else that it works for me. Um, I've heard some other reviews from people who really like it. Um, it works for them. So don't like put all your money on it. But I think it's a really, it's a newer thing um, that people will still walk into the store and see CBD lube and be like, CBD lube, come on. Like they'll put CBD in anything nowadays. Um, but it's actually been really great for some people who experience pain. Um, and one of the things I like to do, because it can take like 15 to 20 minutes to kick in. So I like um, before sex, for example, if you're having um, vaginal sex, I like to put some on a dilator and then put the dilator inside and, and set for 15 minutes or so. And, and if it's working for you, you can maybe kind of feel it relaxing. It's kind of hard to explain. It's almost like it's... Um, it feels like how the how the body can become aroused. There's kind of like a, a heaviness or a, a warmth in the pelvic area. It kind of does that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it can also take some time. So that's one of my favorite ways to use it is to put it on the dilator and um, beforehand and kind of set with it for for a little while. I love that, and I love this concept of I refer to it as like warming up before mm -hmm. game time or something like yeah. that. You know, you're you're you need to build in that extra time, and I really think yeah. that anybody 
pelvic pain or not can benefit from having that warm up period to really get in the mood. It takes, it takes people some time. A lot of us can't just get going in yeah. the drop of a hat. And so it's helpful for anyone, but especially if you have pain, mm-hmm. what you're speaking of is perfect. Um, taking time. If you, you know, can take a warm bath or yeah. even apply a hot water bottle to your mm-hmm. um, pelvic area, maybe just spend some time thinking and visualizing using all yeah. of your senses about uh, a good experience, a good sexual experience, a good romantic or loving experience. Uh, something just to get the blood flow to that part of the body is very helpful. So I I really like that you talked about that importance of having time, that buffer of time. It can kind of take the like freewheeling fun away for some people. They might feel that Mm -hmm. way, but it really is ultimately going to help provide a more pleasurable experience. Right. And, and that kind of idea of spontaneity is so embedded in our our culture and just as expecting things to be spontaneous and exciting. But like we, there are so many things in life that we plan ahead of time. Yeah. We plan major life events ahead of time. We, we plan parties ahead of time. Like plan. I don't, I personally don't see planning sexes as any different. I don't think that that makes it any less exciting. Yeah. It's something to look forward to if nothing else. Um, yes. And anticipation like that in itself can help with the warm up. Absolutely. I love that reframe because I think that we get so used to Hollywood and seeing mm-hmm. the movies where it's always spontaneous. Well, and, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throwing <laughs> things and yeah. all that. But you're right. It doesn't need to be that way to be good. And it doesn't have to be shameful to plan it. Like that's not a bad thing. It doesn't no, make you no. boring or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And if you do plan it and you decide that you're not feeling it, then that's totally cool too. Yeah. Just re- reschedule. Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. Well, I want to know before, because I know we're running a little bit low on time, but I want to make sure that people get an opportunity if they're watching this on YouTube, because I'm going to place it on my podcast as well. But for those who are watching on YouTube, can you yeah. give us a little show and tell? I would love to. I have some things set out here. So um, I'll just start with some dilators. Just a quick note to those listening on my podcast to check the show notes and I will put a link to the video version of this interview with a timestamp so that you can catch the show and tell. Okay, back to the interview. Yeah, that's even better. I love this. I, you know what I love the most about all of this is that you've just made it so comfortable, Nicole. And I oh, think thank you. I try. <laughs> yes, and I think that anybody who I don't know is like I said is is watching right now and might have been uncomfortable. They probably are like, oh, this really isn't that scary after all. And mm-hmm. you know, just find a, a store in your yeah. area if you are comfortable going into a store that looks looks reputable and that looks like a comfortable place to walk into and just talk. It sounds like just talk to the talk. A lot of people are are anxious sometimes about that and are nervous. Um, One time before I started working there, I went in with my mom and she kept asking me questions. And I was like, I don't understand why you're more comfortable asking me these questions than like the people who work here. (laughs) And now I'm both, but, um, yeah, it's like that's what that's what we're there for. Um, we've heard it all and more, probably. Well, and I just want to also say uh, again, kind of off topic here, but I was speaking with someone recently who was 
worried about telling her uh, gynecologist actually about um, she was having some issues, which she wasn't sure if it was a hemorrhoid or if it was a rectal prolapse, or she just wasn't sure what was going on. And she was nervous to speak with her gynecologist about it. And I was like, girl, (laughs) they've seen it all. And as a women's health physical therapist, when I was working in the clinic, I saw it all too. And it's not, we're not judging. We're not judging our patients who are coming in with various issues. And I know that to bring it back to this conversation, you or whoever is working at a store like this, you're not judging your customers who are coming in. No, absolutely not. And and a lot of places, us included, if you have any questions, they're usually willing to even just email if you want to email if you're not comfortable talking um, to someone yet, just sending sending an email with a couple of questions, and we're always more than happy to to respond to to people who want to know more. Yeah. That's awesome. So again, we are not, this is not a promotional um, interview or conversation at all, but that being said- I'm not said, affiliated with, with anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, but I appreciate you for you know, giving the brand name simply because people need a starting place to just look and explore. Yeah. But can you give us some, um, just in case someone is interested in your mm-hmm. store that you work at, can you give us the details mm-hmm. about that store? Yeah, so it is called Early to Bed, and the um, website is early with the number two bed.com. Um, we have a, a pelvic health section um, that has almost everything I've talked about. Um, we don't have the glass set it at my, at my store, but that is a company called Crystal Delights, like I mentioned. And I'm also happy to sort of type up something later with stuff that we've talked about, maybe more resources, even links um, that can be included maybe in the, the YouTube great. Yeah. video. Yeah, I'll put it in the, in the notes, the show notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, thank you. So yeah, Early to Bed, SheVibe is a great online company, um, S-H-E-V-I-B-E. Um, they do all online business and they're really reputable. Um, yeah, there are a lot more now, nowadays. I'll, I'll put a little list together. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And how can people learn more about you and get, or maybe, or maybe read some of your past articles? You can send me any links that are pertinent as well. But if there's anything you want to leave people with in that regard, please do. Yeah, I'll definitely um, send you something. So all of my, my portfolio, um, it's nicoleguapone.journoportfolio.com, um, which again, it, it's J-O-U-R-N-O portfolio.com. Um, the magazine that I've written um, reviews for is called Rebellious. Um, it's Rebellious Magazine for Women. Um, it's based out of Chicago. And I have also written a couple of things for a really wonderful website called Scarletine. Um, it's sex education. It's age-appropriate sex-positive sex education for teenagers and young adults of all genders and orientations. And I was really excited to, to write about pelvic pain for them, especially because I think it's so important that young people know about this too. I, I was in my early 20s, mid 20s when I first experienced this and people even younger can. Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for the work you're doing to bring this topic into the broader conversation. Cause it is a big, 
it's a big deal. And it's something that is that I'm really seeing more and more pelvic pain. And I think right now with a lot of tension in the world at large, it's, it's manifesting for many of us in our pelvis, we can get headaches and then we can get headaches in our pelvis. And a lot of us are experiencing both, but that's one reason I'm so passionate about opening this conversation up even more right now. I mean, at any time it's going to be an issue, but right now when tensions are running high, a lot of us are experiencing more pain in that area. And we could all use a little more self-care. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's, there's no reason to feel guilty about experiencing pleasure right now. Um, It's really important. If we, if we feel good, then we can go out into the world and do good. Do good. Exactly. Women who feel good, do good. So true. Oh, that's the perfect, the perfect way to cap this off. Thank you, Nicole, so much. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we say goodbye? I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I've been doing your videos for years. (laughs) Well, it's so good to finally get to talk. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll sign off now. So bye everyone. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, Lady Bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series, simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of of your review to me, Brianne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brianne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.